Brick Crowd. Good morning, everyone. Welcome. I see we have our normal spring break crowd here. <laughs> uh, yeah, we, uh, we always know that a lot of people are traveling during this week, and uh, we pray for their safe return. And, uh, but it's good to have you here today, and we welcome everyone. We welcome our guests especially. Uh, you're very important to us. We're glad that you are here and hope that God is going to bless you in a very special way today. Let me remind everyone of our, our, our attendance sheets on each row in the, uh, the little purple folder there. If you wouldn't mind taking those and filling them out uh, so we can have a record of your attendance with us, just put your name, address, phone number, whatever information you feel comfortable giving to us. And especially if you would like to receive our email newsletter, please be sure to put your email address on there. And that's a great way to keep up with the activities going on here at Community Baptist Church. Uh, speaking of those activities, we have a number, as you can tell from your bulletin, uh, the back of your bulletin, there are a lot of announcements on there, uh, a number of things that are coming up. Uh, Easter is only two weeks away, and uh, so we have a lot of things leading up to Easter. Beginning next Wednesday, we've been going through our Lenten lunch series each Wednesday, uh, and we'll be having a, a, a short worship service and then lunch at different churches around town. And this coming Wednesday, we'll be at St. Paul's Episcopal Church. That will be at noon on Wednesday at St. Paul's Episcopal Church. I hope you can be there. Uh, these are, are, are beautiful services, and, and, it's, and it's beautiful to see uh, the community of faith from different denominations gathering together and sharing in our Lenten season. Uh, also, we will be having a joint uh, Good Friday service with First Christian Church and Zion uh, United Church of Christ. Uh, we've been doing this past couple of years, and this year it will be at First Christian Church. That's Good Friday on April the 14th, and it will be at 7 o'clock in the evening. We will be having an Easter egg hunt here on Easter Sunday uh, that morning at 10.15, so we invite you to come and Bring your children. If you know some children that might uh, enjoy an Easter egg hunt, then uh, we invite you and encourage you to, to bring them along and, and uh, send them in our direction. And uh, you'll also notice in, in your bulletin that we are beginning some new Sunday school classes. We're going to be beginning a class for the, the 30 and 40-something age group. And, uh, and also we're making sure that the, the children of that age group will be taken care of as we'll be uh, uh, starting some classes for the, for the children as well. And so uh, if you fit into any of those categories, you know what? We got you covered. Sunday school starts at 945. Y'all come. <laughs> uh, our whole theme today is about 
the Lord's Supper. Everything is kind of centered around the Lord's Supper. We will be observing the Lord's Supper today. Uh, sometimes we call the Lord's Supper communion. And so let's begin our service by communing with one another. Let's share the love of God with one another. Let's stand.
button. Sorry about that. Two buttons. Okay, how are you all this morning? Did you all get up on time and get here on time? You got here early? You all did better than I did because I had company last night. A man and his two children, and we fixed breakfast this morning, my husband and I did. And I've lost track of time, so I forgot to keep an eye on the clock. And I was late for Sunday school. And that's bad. My mother would be very disappointed in me because we were always the second people at church. So our, today we're going to talk about for, never forget. Okay? And as we get older, we take on more responsibilities. I'm sure you, your parents give you all more responsibilities than when you all were younger. So I got to thinking about what reminds us to not forget things. So, you know, I, I looked on the computer and some of the ways it says not to forget set an alarm. Maybe I should have set an alarm this morning to remind me to get ready for church and be here on time. It says put things on your calendar. Do you all ever do that? Like ball games, do you have a schedule? And when you're off for spring break, you look at the calendar, you know, things to remind you what you're supposed to do. Also, write it down. Make a to-do list. Um, do it now. Sometimes it's better to do things when you think of it than wait till later because then you might forget to do it. You ever do that? I do. Now, another thing is you might have somebody else remind you. Like I needed somebody to remind me what time it was this morning, but that didn't happen, so I was late. Also, it says sometimes if you're going to do something, don't volunteer for it in the first place. Then you won't forget. But I didn't think that was a very good reminder. The next thing was have someone else do it. I remember when I was trying to get somebody else to do it, but I always got stuck doing it anyway, right? Okay, and then it says to remember to use your list. Well, one of the things was, what if you forgot where you put the list? And all these things that I looked up on the computer, the one thing it didn't say was to refer to your Bible. And I thought, that's kind of sad because our Brother Tim's going to talk today about never forget, and it's about communion, okay, the Lord's Supper. And I got to thinking about our Christian holidays and why we celebrate things. At Christmas time, do you ever forget why we really celebrate Christmas? Do we get wrapped up in the toys and the parties and all the activities, and we forget that it's really Jesus' birthday? Sometimes we have to be reminded of that. And at Easter, what do we think about? What do y'all like to do at Easter? Hide Easter eggs. And what's inside the Easter eggs? Candy. Candy or money. Hey, I like your way of thinking. Okay. But what is it? It's when Jesus died on the cross and was buried, but he arose and he came back, right? He went to heaven to prepare a place for us. And that's what we need to remember. But you know on that list of things that to remind us of how not to forget, I said it never referred to the Bible. The Bible tells us not to forget and to have the Lord's Supper to remind us that those are reminders. The grape juice is a reminder of his blood that was shed, and the bread is a reminder of his body, and that he saved us. And God loved us so much that he sent his son to save us. So many times we need reminders. Okay, so today, I need a little help, Christine. It's simple, too, if you want help. 
put an Easter color piece of yarn on my wrist, and I'm going to wear it today. And it is going to be a reminder that why we celebrate Easter is because God sent his son to save us from our sins. So if you all want to wear this today, and when somebody asks you why you have that on your wrist, you say, because we're not forgetting what Easter is really about. Okay? All right, let's have a moment of prayer. Our dear Lord and most gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for the day that you have given us. Allow us to come into your house. Thank you for allowing these children to be brought to church so they too will know your word. Please give us reminders of the true meaning of what Easter is all about and why we partake of communion. These things we ask in your name. Amen.
pray, shall we? Father, we come with grateful hearts. We come with open hearts. Help us to open our purses and reach in our pockets and give back a little bit or a whole bunch to thee. You've given everything that you have and did not back off. And so help us not to back off. Father, we thank you for giving your life for us. And we pray that we should use our money wisely and carefully. In Christ's name I pray. Amen. Exodus 12, 1 through 14. The Lord said to Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, This month shall mark for you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year for you. Tell the whole congregation of Israel, on the tenth of this month, they are to take a lamb for each family, a lamb for each household. If a household is too small for a whole lamb, it shall join its closest neighbor in obtaining one. The lamb shall be divided in proportion to the number of people who eat of it. The lamb shall be without blemish, a year old male. You may take it from the sheep or the goats. You shall keep it until the 14th day of this month. Then the whole assembled congregation of Israel shall slaughter it at twilight. They shall take it or they shall take some of the blood and put it on the two door mat or two doorposts in the lintels of the houses in which they eat it. They shall eat the lamb that same night. They shall eat it roasted over the fire with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. Do not any do not eat any of it raw or boiling water, but roast it over the fire with its head, legs, and inner organs. You shall let none of it remain until the morning. Anything that remains until the morning, you shall burn. This is how you eat it. Your loins girded, your sandals on your feet, and your staff in your hand. 
ye shall eat it hurriedly. Here's the Passover of the Lord. For I will pass through the land of Egypt that night, and I will strike down every firstborn in the land of Egypt, both human beings and animals. On all of God's of, on all the gods of Egypt, I will execute judgment. I am the Lord. The blood shall be a sign for you on the houses where you live. When I see the blood, I will pass over you, and, I, and no plague shall destroy you when I touch the land of Egypt. This day shall be a day of remembrance for you. You shall celebrate it as a, as a festival to the Lord. Throughout your generations, you shall observe it as a perpetual ordinance. 1 Corinthians 11, 23-26 For I received from the Lord what I also handed on to you, that the Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread, and when he had given thanks, he broke it and said, This is my body that is for you. Do this in remembrance of me. In the same way, he took the cup also, after supper, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this as often as you drink it, remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is the word of the Lord.
how beautiful is the body of Christ and how beautiful that song was about the body of Christ. I think everyone can agree that Albert Einstein was one of the most brilliant men who ever lived. Very few would ever doubt that assertion. And that's why this one story makes me feel so much better. You see, when Einstein was living in Princeton, New Jersey, someone once asked him for his telephone number. And in response to that, he looked puzzled for a moment, and then he asked to see a phone book. And I know those of you who are under 25 or maybe even 30 are wondering, what's a phone book? Just ask one of our older members after the service. But anyway, it's interesting to me that Albert Einstein, this, this huge intellectual giant, did not even know his own telephone number. Was he simply forgetful? Well, no. Not according to his associates. It's just that Albert Einstein refused to clutter his mind with information that he deemed inconsequential. In other words, he remembered what was important to him, and he mentally discarded everything else. His telephone, telephone number just didn't make the cut, basically. You know, I can relate to that, can't you? I call it data dump. There's just so much that your mind can, can take in and retain. And, and when your hard drive, the hard drive of your mind begins to, to fill up, you automatically begin to dump some items from your memory bank that may not be so important to you anymore. Well, Einstein was, was not only a brilliant man, but he was also a wise man. You see, there are some things in our lives that need to be remembered, and there are other things in our lives that fall into the category of clutter and need to be discarded. Well, our scripture lessons for today are about two events that are not to be forgotten. The first one is about the Jewish Passover. And many of you will remember the story uh, that Steve read just a few moments ago. The people of Israel were slaves in Egypt. Moses spoke to Pharaoh in the name of God saying, let my people go. But the Pharaoh's heart was hardened and he refused to let them go. And, and so God told Moses that on a certain night, the people of Israel were to take the blood of a lamb and smear it on the sides of the doorposts and, and on the top uh, of the door frames. And on that night, God would pass through Egypt and strike down every firstborn child as well as every firstborn animal in the land. And God would bring judgment upon all of the gods of Egypt. However, God would pass over any homes that were marked with the blood of the Lamb. It was a night that the people of Israel would never forget. And to make certain that they would never forget this night, God gave them a, this command. The people of Israel were to commemorate this Passover event every year. And they've been doing just that for over 3,000 years now. So why is this so important to us? Well, it is important to us because Jesus and his disciples were all devout Jews. 
And the meal that they celebrated, which we sometimes call the Last Supper, was actually a Passover meal. They were celebrating the Passover. And when, when we see Jesus reinterpreting the Passover, this was the Passover meal that they were celebrating. And Paul describes this Last Supper like this. He said, For I received from the Lord what I also passed on to you. The Lord Jesus, on the night when he was betrayed, took a loaf of bread. When he had given thanks, he broke it. And he said, This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you, you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread, and whenever you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. That's why we are here today. That's why we are here. We are here to take the bread and the cup in remembrance of Christ. But what exactly is it that we remember when we take this communion? Well, first of all, we remember that Jesus died on our behalf. That's the first thing we, we remember. We take, we take the bread and we remember his broken body. And we take the cup and we remember his blood was shed for our sins. These elements that we receive remind us of Christ's sacrifice on the cross. It's a name that has been popping up in our headlines a lot lately. It's the name Vladimir Putin. You ever heard of him? He's the president of Russia. And Putin is quite a complex figure. But in her book uh, titled When Character Was King, author and former presidential speechwriter Peggy Noonan tells uh, about a, a meeting that took place between then President George Bush and uh, George W. Bush and, and President Putin. It, and this was their first meeting as, as leaders of as world leaders, and, and Bush wanted to be sure that he made a connection with Vladimir Putin. And so Bush brought up a story that he had read about Putin. According to the story, Putin's mother had, had given him a, a Christian cross that Putin had had blessed while he was in Jerusalem. And Bush told Putin that he was touched by that story. So Putin told another story in response. You see, he, he had taken to wearing this cross wherever he went, and, and one day he set it down in a house that he was visiting. But strangely, the house burned down. Now, all Putin could think about was that cross that was lost in the rubble. So he motioned for one of the workers to come over to where he was he, so that he could ask him to look for his cross. And when the worker walked over to Putin, he stretched out his hand and showed him that he had already recovered the cross. Putin told Bush, it was as if something meant for me to have that cross, inferring that he believed in a higher power of some kind. And Bush responded by saying, President Putin, that's what the cross is all about. That's the story of the cross. 
Now, I don't know what that cross really means to Vladimir Putin. My hope is that it would be something real for him and that it would affect the way he deals with important issues. And anybody else who wears a cross around their neck, I would hope that it's more than just a decoration, but something that is real and affects the way we live our lives. So I don't know what it means for, for Vladimir Putin. But I do know what the cross means for us. It means that Jesus Christ laid down His life so that He could be a bridge connecting us to God. And so we commemorate His death today. We commemorate His death every time we take the bread and drink the cup. We remember that He died in our behalf. And that's something that we dare not forget. A story once appeared in a little devotional book, um, Our Daily Bread, about a man named Roger Rose. It seems that Roger faced a deep sorrow as a, as a child. You see, his, his younger brother was killed in a terrible accident. A seldom-used dirt road ran beside their home in a, back in, out in the country on the farm there. And, and it, was only a, it, it was only a rare occasion that a car would ever come by on that road But one day, as his brother was crossing that road on his bicycle, a car came roaring over the hill, hit the boy, and he was killed. Roger said later, when my father picked up that mangled, twisted bicycle, I heard him sob out loud for the first time in my life. He carried it to the barn and placed it in a spot that we seldom use. They said, my father's sorrow eased with, with the passing of time, but for many years after that, whenever he saw that bicycle, tears welled up in his eyes and streamed down his face. Since then, Roger says, he has often prayed that God would keep the memory of Christ's death that fresh to him. He prayed that every time he took the bread and the cup, that his heart would be stirred as if Christ's death occurred just yesterday. He prayed that the Lord's Supper would never become a mere formality, but would always be a, a tender and touching experience. And that's what the Lord's Supper should, should be for all of us as well. It should be a tender and, and touching experience. For it reminds us that Christ died for us. And this in turn reminds us of just how much God loves us. In John's first epistle, he said, See what great love God, the Father has lavished upon us. And we do see that love vividly demonstrated on the cross. Max Lucado, in his book titled In the Eye of the Storm, tells, about, tells a story about an angel and, uh, that was trying to understand this whole concept of salvation and how it comes about. And Lucado writes that, that he looked around the hill and he foresaw a scene, three figures hung on three crosses, arms spread, heads falling forward. They, mo- they moaned with the wind. 
men clad in religious in religion stood off to one side, arrogant, cocky. Women clad in sorrow huddled at the foot of the hill, faces streaked with tears. All heaven stood to fight. All nature rose to rescue. All eternity poised to protect. But the Creator gave no command. It must be done, He said, and withdrew. The angel spoke again. It would be less painful, but the Creator interrupted softly. But it wouldn't be love. My friends, what we see upon that cross is pure, unadulterated love in its most extreme form. And when we break this bread and when we drink this cup, we are reminded of just how much that cost God. It's like a chart posted on the daily infographic website. It's a listing of what it calls the world's most expensive meals. For example, there is a restaurant in Tokyo where a bowl of ramen will cost you $110. The Capital Dog in Sacramento, California served up what it called the, the Ultra Dog, the world's most expensive hot dog at $145.99. In Scotland, you can order a bottle of beer dubbed the End of History Beer, which is described as a Belgian ale packaged inside the carcass of a squirrel that has been taxidermied. It'll set you back somewhere between $800 and $1,100 per bottle. Maybe that sounds appealing to you, but drinking beer from the carcass of a squirrel, of a dead squirrel, that's just, no thank you. Uh, the most expensive meal on the list is found in Italy. It's Chef Boilard's uh, Louis XIII pizza loaded down with lobster and caviar and eight different cheeses and seasoned with a hand-picked pink Austral Australian river salt. It can be yours for just $12,000. Now, I doubt that you, will, you or I will ever partake Such expensive food and drink as that. I hope not. I don't want to. <laughs> but listen to this. Each of us can partake of what is undoubtedly the most expensive meal that can be imagined. It is the one that commemora commemorates the death of God's own Son. Just think about what the cross cost God, His most precious Son. But it was the only way that God could show us just how much God loves us. And so today, we remember Christ's death. And we remember God's love. But one more thing. We also remember Christ's promise to return. Paul writes, the Lord Jesus on the night when he was betrayed took a loaf of bread and when he had given thanks he broke it and said, this is my body which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. 
And in the same way, after supper, he took the the cup, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood. Do this whenever you drink it in remembrance of me. For whenever you eat this bread and whenever you drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Did you hear that? Until he comes. Jesus has promised us that he will return. God's kingdom will be made real here on earth someday, just as it is in heaven. And so every time we eat the bread of communion and every time we drink the cup of communion, we are reminding ourselves that one day hatred and violence will disappear. We are reminding ourselves that hatred and violence will not always reign victorious in our world because the Lord of love and the Prince of Peace will one day establish His kingdom over everything here on earth. And so remember these things. Remember His death. Remember His love. And remember His promise that one day His kingdom will be established in this world. There's a story about a Persian king who was lifted from a poverty-stricken home to the glory of his royal palace. And and when he became king, he sent his servants back to the old shack that he used to live in, that he had been raised in as a child. And and he gave the servants orders to, to gather every relic they could from those days of gone by. And so the soldiers brought fragments of his home back with them to the palace. There were broken toys and patched pants and old torn tattered shirt, a crude wooden bowl and numerous other worthless mementos of his childhood. And the king arranged all of these things in a special room of his palace. Each morning he would go in and spend a whole hour sitting among those memories from his humble past. And on the wall hung a prayer that simply said, Let's not forget. My friends, there are some things that are really not worth remembering. If they're cluttering up your mind, just lay them aside and forget them. But there are other things that we must always remember. remember. And remembering the cross of Jesus Christ is essential. So take the bread. Take the cup in remembrance of Him. Lest you forget. Amen. We've come to that portion of our service where we will... Uh, observe the ordinance of the Lord's Supper. And uh, I'll ask our deacons to come forward and be preparing for that. Just to give you a little instruction about how we will do this, we will begin in the rear of the sanctuary and ask people to come forward if you would like. And uh, there will be two people standing at the front here, uh, each holding bread. the wafers, and then there will be two people to the side holding a cup. And so we'd like to ask if you would to come down the center aisle and take a piece of bread, take the wafers.
and then step to the side where there's someone holding the cup and dip the bread into the cup and then eat it. And then return to your seat along the side. We also uh, offer the traditional method of observing the Lord's Supper. If you don't feel comfortable coming forward, or maybe you have difficulty coming forward, we invite you to stay at your seat, and one of our deacons will come and serve you, serve you at your seat if you would like. But here's the thing everyone is welcome at the Lord's table. Every single one of us, all of you, everyone is welcome at the Lord's table. You know, Christ indicated in his life that he ate with thanks and sinners. You see him, him eating often in the Bible. And he made no distinction between anyone. He turned no one away. Neither do we. So as we take the bread and the cup, let us remember. <coughs> let us remember. Let us
It is a day of remembrance. We remember in taking the bread and taking the cup what Christ has done for you. And we see visibly demonstrated on the cross how much God loves you. so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. In this way, God demonstrates his love for us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. What a remarkable thing that is. And I hope it is something we will never, ever forget. And on that cross, Send us out now in the power and in the strength of your Holy Spirit. May we live to be all that you have called us to be. Amen.
Oh, 